All who come to this happy place, welcome. Disneyland is your land. Here, age relives fond memories of the past. I'm a real boy. You want thingamabobs? I got 20. 10,000 years will give you such a prick in the neck. This is the Magic on a Dollar podcast with David Dollar. Hey, hey, my name is David Dollar, and welcome to the Magic on a Dollar podcast, the seventh episode of the Mod Pod. Hashtag Mod Pod on social media. You can find me on Twitter at Disney on a Dollar. Find me on Instagram at Magic on a Dollar. Find me on Facebook. Disney on a Dollar is our business page. And of course, Magic on a Dollar is our fun page, our, our fan page, if you will. Again, my name is David Dollar. Thank you so much for joining us here. This is podcast form of Disney Conversations. Guys, I will tell you that I have had so much fun doing this podcast, preparing for this podcast every week, kind of investigating, learning a little bit, doing some research, that kind of thing, and I have loved it so far. So thank you for everything you guys have done. Thank you for everything for all the downloads, all the messages, all the tweets, and all the whatever, to saying the retweets and everything, saying, hey, Dave, thanks thanks for the podcast. You guys are doing a great job and so on. Love it. And again, you can find me online at Magic on a Dollar at gmail.com. That is my uh, that's my email address. In case you're looking for a Disney trip, I am a certified Disney travel planner, and I would love to help you plan your trip to all the Disney locations here stateside. Not into Disneyland Paris just yet. I haven't gone to Shanghai or anything, but I'll get there one day. But right now, it's just cruises, uh, Disneyland, Disney World, Adventures by Disney, Alani in Hawaii. And, of course, it's Christmas, and we'll get to all the Christmas festivities coming up later. Um, we'll get to that later on the episode. But first, let's kind of change up our new segment a little bit, and we're going to call it the Magic on a Dollar World News Tonight. All your news fit to print all around the world of Disney. New Disneyland After Dark Events series kicks off January 18th with a celebration of vintage Disneyland. Basically, you're going to be able to step back in time to the 50s or 60s. You're going to have classic After Dark experiences at Disneyland. Come, come dressed in your best to enjoy the happiest place on earth under a million twinkling lights, reading this from the website, uh, swinging to the tune of the bands and enjoying your favorite rides in the cool moonlight till the clock strikes 1 a.m. This sounds really, really cool. You're going to be able to see original attraction posters from Disneyland uh, attractions from way back when. Uh, unlimited digital downloads will be included with your invented mission. I don't think those were available back in the 50s, the uh, digital downloads, but you'll be able to get those here at this uh, Disneyland After Dark. Uh, live music, dancing, uh, you're going to have the Fantasy in the Sky fireworks, guests are going to get a commemorative lanyard, and a vintage-inspired park map. This sounds awesome, and I really want to go. Uh, tickets go on sale November 30th for pass holders, um, and you can also get them uh, for everybody else on December 7th. I, I want to go to this. This sounds amazing. Uh, it's going to start January 18th, and I guess after the first couple, if it's successful, they'll keep it going. Also coming sometime in January, and they don't have dates on it yet, they're bringing back the Magic After Dark um, I'm not really sure that's the official title, but basically what you do is you pay, I think, like $120, $125, something like that, to Disney World, to the Magic Kingdom, and you get the park three hours after it closes. They don't sell a lot of these tickets. Like, literally, they sell a very few number of these tickets, and 25 attractions are open. So, essentially, you have free reign for 25 Disney, uh, Disney World Magic Kingdom attractions for three hours at night. It sounds amazing. I mean, it sounds fantastic, and I really want to go to that, too. They've been doing those off and on all year long. They're going to kick those off in January as well, so it'll be Magic After Dark. And again, I don't remember the official title of it, but that's kind of the same concept as well. The Disney Magic Cruise Line. There are four ships in the Disney Cruise Line. The Magic and the Wonder and the Fantasy and the Dream, with three more coming up sometime in the next couple of years. 
The Disney Magic is going to have some sort of dry dock. And what that means is they will dock it and they will work on it. They're going to refurbish it. They're going to put in the Rapunzel's Royal Table dining experience, which Rapunzel is my favorite princess, which is really, really cool. Um, you're going to have the, uh, the the Royal Table build will be there. Rapunzel's, I guess, a meet and greet of some sort. I'm not really sure what it's going to look like. You also will be able to see the brand new Teen Club. Uh, the Vibe is what it was called before. I don't know if that's what it'll be called now, but they will be revamping that with do some new stuff and a smoothie bar and a teen lounge area and that kind of thing. Uh, they'll also, for the adults, be installing the Cove Cafe, which will be some sort of bar and grill, I'm assuming. And, of course, for the kids, Disney Junior and the Imagineering, the Oceaneer Club will be kind of getting a revamp as well. They're going to redo some of that stuff there and fix up the ship here and there. And uh, The Disney Cruise Line ships are really, really cool. And for those of you people with teenagers who are just too cool to uh, – Dad, I'm too cool to go to Disney. I'm 12 years old now. It's for kids. The Disney Cruise is awesome. Uh, they have a lot of stuff for kids. Uh, I've actually toured – I've toured the ships before, and I've seen some of the teen club areas they have, and and they just look cool. They're very heavily monitored with cast members, so you don't really have to worry that much about your teenagers. Not any more than you have to worry about teenagers as you know as it is. But uh, uh, but yeah, don't feel safe with your teenagers and your kids on Disney Cruise Lines because that's what they're made for. That's what the cruises are made for 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 magic of all ages. The dates are announced for the 2018. Epcot International Flower and Garden Festival, the 25th year, if I'm not mistaken. Um, it's the festival that happens in the springtime in Epcot. And basically, it's it's flowers, topiaries, which the topiaries are cool. They grow them all year to put them out at this time of the year. They'll be going off three months. Of course, they'll have lots of dining and lots of food booths because Epcot is the food park, which is awesome. The Garden Festival's outdoor kitchens will be coming back. Um, you'll also be able to, to experience uh, you know, the butterfly garden and all the topiaries, are, they're just fantastic. Uh, I'll have more details on this in an upcoming episode as we get closer to it. But uh, the Flower and Garden Festival kicking off February 28th through May 25th. Now checking out, uh, looking at, at uh, Star Tours. Star Tours, people on the Star Tours ride in Disneyland this past week were in for quite a treat. Because as they sat there riding the Star Tours ride, who walks in but... Luke Skywalker, Mark Hamill. He walks in saying, hey guys, hey, got any Star Wars fans here? Or something like that. Saw the video. The video is hilarious. I mean, everybody's just freaking out. Except for the one or two people who don't know who Mark Hamill is. Uh, because you can see at the very end of the video, and you can find it uh, on Twitter, at Star Wars is the account. Go there, they'll have the video. And, and at the very end of the video, there's one or two guys that kind of look at each other and they're like, who is that? Because they just don't know. Poor guys, I don't know what to tell you. So that is your uh, that's your magic on a dollar world news tonight. All the news that's fit to print uh, around the world in I don't know three hundred eighty seconds, however many seconds we got. Uh, looking at some movie history, and of course you know that I love talking about movie history, and it's kind of fun to run through some of the movies that were released this week way back when in uh, nineteen seventy one. The Aristocats came out the twentieth. Uh, animated classic from Disney World, and Thomas O'Malley was one of my favorite characters back then. Um, I, when I worked at the Disney Store, and you, my first iteration of the Disney Store, and if you listen to last week's episode, you'll kind of know when time frame that was, mid-90s, uh, Aristocats came out, uh, was on video for one of the first times, uh, maybe the first time, I don't know, and uh, they would show the Aristocats theme music in the background of the of the screen. And that's where I learned the Thomas O'Malley song. And Thomas O'Malley is just really, really cool. If I had editing skills, I would pop it in right now. I would let you hear it. It would be awesome. Uh, 1991, Beauty and the Beast came out. The 30th animated classic from Disney World Animation. And uh, Beauty and the Beast, is, it's, it's kind of the rock. That's kind of the big one. That's the one that really is the cemented the renaissance of the late 80s, early 90s. Uh, Aladdin came out in 1992. In uh, 1995, Toy Story groundbreaking as it was, Toy Story. If you watch it now, 
some of the effects, some of the animation looks a little like, okay. Um, it, it doesn't look as good as you remember, but this was also 1995, a groundbreaking, uh, groundbreaking cartoon. I, I'm, Toy Story is amazing. It's, it's so part of our lexicon now. It's part of our, our zeitgeist. It is part of our world. Um, you know, Toy Story and Woody and Buzz and all that. But uh, 1995, it was brand new. In 2000, I'm sorry, in 1998... We saw the release of two films, Bugs Life and Bolt. Both came out in that same year, the same week, actually. This week in 1998, which is kind of weird to think that two Disney movies would come out at the same time. But remember that Bugs Life was Pixar, and Bugs Life, being Pixar, was not a Disney film at the time. It, Disney was kind of it's kind of released in association with it, but it was not a Disney film, per se, because Disney did not own Pixar. They were working with Pixar, collaborating with Pixar, but they didn't own Pixar. They didn't actually buy Pixar until much later. And actually, a little history for you here. Pixar and Disney kind of got on the outs. They were not happy with Michael Eisner. Steve Jobs, uh, I believe it was Steve Jobs, kind of the head of Pixar at the time. He was not a fan of Eisner. They kind of butted heads through their business dealings. And at one time, basically, Pixar said, we're not going to do with, we're never going to deal with Disney again until, um, until Eisner is gone. And they actually were talking to other studios, including DreamWorks, about associating and working with them or even being bought by them. Thankfully, that did not happen. Thankfully, Disney bought Pixar some years later. Some th great things happened. Some topsy-turvy business decisions happened. And Pixar and Disney are now one unit as it should be. 2004, we saw National Treasure hitting the theaters this week. Um, 2004, with, with a National Treasure, not really a historical, uh, historically accurate film. But a great film nonetheless. It's a family film. It's a fun film to watch. You just get lost in that film. 2007, another film that is so much fun, Enchanted, came out. Now, my favorite actress in the whole world is Amy Adams. I am in love with Amy Adams. She is my, my Hollywood dream girl. And this was kind of the movie that introduced me to Amy Adams. I'd seen her in some other stuff, but I saw this, and I was like, wow, she's awesome. And she was. Uh, 2007's Enchanted came out. 2010, Tangled, Rapunzel, my other favorite princess. 2011, The Muppets came out with Jason Siegel writing and directing, basically coming forward and saying, I want to do something with The Muppets. I want to bring them back. I want to make them happen, make them hip again. And he did. The Muppets is a great film. If you've never seen the 2011 The Muppets, you need to go watch it. It's awesome. Uh, 2015, The Good Dinosaur was released this week from Pixar. And The Good Dinosaur is one of those films that, like, it, it's been kind of derided, basically, as being a film that uh, wasn't as popular, um, but uh, or maybe it wasn't as liked. I liked it okay. I don't know if you've ever, you guys have ever seen it. You can let me know. Email me at magiconadollarpodcast at gmail.com. But um, I kind of – I described it, The Good Dinosaur, as a beautiful disappointment. Um, it wasn't the greatest film I'd ever seen, but it looked gorgeous. Um, like many Pixar movies do, it looked wonderful. So I loved it. Uh, I loved that aspect of it. Um, the story was okay. I've only seen it once or twice. It's all right. I'm not going to write it. I'm not going to say anything bad about it, but good dinosaur celebrated two years now. Last year, 2016, Moana hit theaters this week, uh, a couple of years ago, or this week, last year, actually Moana, a, an instant classic, um, you know, how far I'll go is a great song, and you're welcome with the rock. That's 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 my guy. That's my uh, that's my favorite actor. So we're kind of hitting all of my pop culture favorites. The Rock is awesome as well. So we love the Rock. Uh, looking at a little bit of Disney history, 1995. This this week in 1995, the Osborne Family Spectacle of Dancing Lights premiered in Hollywood Studios, or at the time, Disney MGM Studios. And this is a fun little story because back then, the early 90s, a, a man named Osborne Jennings. Or was it Jennings Osborne? Jennings, Os Jennings Osborne. Anyway, um, he uh, he was in Arkansas and he wanted to put up lights for his daughter, so he did. He put lights all over his house, and every year, every year, he would add to these lights until it got to the point where there were millions and millions of lights. 
which is a good thing because it's beautiful and his daughter loved it and the family loved it. It was wonderful, except the traffic was terrible, except the neighbors were complaining, the cops being called and the, he, Osborne's like, I don't know what I'm going to do with all these lights. I love putting them up. What am I going to do? He connected with Disney. Disney said, hey, we're going to bring those lights to Hollywood, to MGM here at uh, Disney MGM. And so they did. They set them up there in, um, in, in the residential streets, kind of in the back of Hollywood Studios. And uh, it it's, it's gorgeous. It, it was gorgeous. Um, R.I.P. Osborne Lights. We'll get to that in a second. But you would go th through there, and the buildings were completely covered with lights, long strings of lights, millions of lights there. And there's numbers online about how many lights there were, but there were so many of them. And they would twinkle, and they would sparkle, and they would dance. Now, the one big song that everybody knows is um, uh, Christmas Eve Sarajevo by the Trans-Siberian Orchestra, a, a Christmas classic at this point. Um, they, that song would play, and the lights would dance to the music. And it was Amazing! It was incredible. Uh, I loved going to see these lights. I saw them probably four or five times in my, my Disney travels. Uh, I saw them last in 2015. The last year they were actually there, they were actually removed in January of 2016 for good because they're building Star Wars Land. They're building Toy Story Land, so they had to close that entire area of the park. There's been some rumors about what they're going to do with the lights. I know that right now on Sunset Boulevard, they've got some new stuff up at uh, at Hollywood Studios, and that's we'll talk about that later on in this episode, but... It's just not the same. The Osborne family spectacle of dancing lights was just so cool. Go to YouTube, find that, uh, look at look at that on YouTube, and just enjoy that. And you know, put that full screen on a computer, turn the lights off, and enjoy those lights. Uh, my my five year old son, I think he was, I guess three at the time. He got to see those lights before they went away, which I'm very very proud of. So we got to see that. A uh, little fun little story too for 1994. Now today, in, in today's society, in today's Disney World. Um, when they open a ride, it's a big deal. They open the ride and they lead up to it. They have soft openings. They do a grand opening and so on and so on. And those ride openings are you know, separated by months at a time, pretty much. Um, unless you're doing something in maybe the same area of the park. I guess when they open Toy Story Land, they may open you know, the land all at once, but they'll open the coaster first and maybe the, the alien ride, whatever. I don't know. Well, back in 1994 in this week, they had three major opening slash changes in one single week. First of all, Honey, I Shrunk the Audience came to Epcot. It's uh, it's in the theater. They were, were in the Imagination Pavilion. If you go into Epcot, go towards Soren up on the hill there. Imagination Pavilion is there, and that's where Captain EO was. Which, by the way, if you've never seen Captain EO, again, go to YouTube. It's a Michael Jackson uh, film from... Uh, I guess the mid to late eighties, they showed it for five, six, seven years or whatever. And it, it's awesome. It's so cheesy, but it's fantastic. They brought it back in 2009 because Michael Jackson passed away. So they brought that back and just showed it for four or five years. And now it's gone for good. But in that theater, they did Honey, I Shrunk the Audience. You would go in, you would sit down, and based on the movies, Honey, I Shrunk the Kids, you would be able to kind of experience that whole thing where they sh quote unquote shrink the audience and the whole, the whole auditorium moves and shakes and everything like that. And, I mean, it really, it's its not enough to immerse you into that where you're like, wow, I'm so tiny, but it was a fun thing. Um, so that premiered in 1994. Also, Spaceship Earth has several narrators uh, in its career. In 1982, when it opened up, Larry Dopkins, an actor and voiceover artist, was the first one. Walter Cronkite came in in 1986 to 1994, and Jeremy Irons premiered this week in 1994 as the, the Spaceship Earth narrator, which is which is awesome. Which is awesome. I remember seeing or hearing Jeremy Irons do this once in two thousand seven. Um, was it two thousand seven? Maybe it's two thousand four. Either way, hey, I've only heard him do it once, and it's again, it's on YouTube, and I keep directing. I should basically buy stock in YouTube because I'm sending you there for everything. But I heard it today. I heard it earlier today, and it just kind of brought back. I'm like, 
Talk to me, Scar. Talk to me. It was great. It was so great. Dame Judy Dench took over in 2008, which I like Judy Dench. The narration is great. Spaceship Earth is a fun ride. Um, but Jeremy Irons just has this cool voice. I kind of wish they'd bring that one back. That'd be kind of awesome. So that premiered in this week in 19, 1994, as well as The Timekeeper opened in uh, in Tomorrowland in Magic Kingdom. They had a... Um, they had a little area there. Uh, I think it was America the Beautiful was maybe the movie. It was Circle Vision. If you're standing up and you walk in, you're standing there, and you look ahead, there's a screen ahead of you. And you look to your left, your screen ahead of you. And if you keep turning all the way around, make a 360-degree turn, you're looking at one solid screen, one big circle all the way around you. The Timekeeper was there. It was an audio-animatronic robot uh, played by Robin Williams, which was really cool there at the time. Aladdin, of course, was you know a couple years before this. So Robin and Disney were really kind of buddy-buddy BFFs at the time. Um, so he was doing a lot for them. And uh, it was cool. The Timekeeper was great. Later on, it closed and became Alien Encounter. And then that closed, and that became uh, Stitch's Great Escape, which is what we have now. But 1994 saw The Timekeeper, Honey, I Shrunk the Audience, and Spaceship Earth all coming, uh, all changing or opening up in the same week. That's insane. That is insane. That doesn't happen nowadays. I just think that's really, really cool. I love, love that. Love that. All right, so guys, it is the holiday season, and Hickory Doo and Dickory Dock and whatever, however the song goes, it is the holiday season. Um... And I want to kind of run through some things that you can expect it to find at the holidays around around all the parks. Disneyland first. Let's look at Disneyland real quick. They're going to do Mater's Jingle Jamboree, and that's going to be like the Mater ride, which is the Mater's Junkyard Jamboree, and Mater kind of spins around, and you ride you ride the cars or whatever, and and uh, they'll they'll have a Christmas theme to it. Same thing with Luigi's Joy to the World, not World. But World, Joy to the World, uh, that'll be also a Christmas-themed area as well. It's over in Cars Land in California Adventures. They'll be doing some fun stuff there. The World of Color is going to have the Season of Light. Uh, it's a nighttime spectacular, holiday fantasy is what they're calling it. So that's going to be really, really cool. They're going to have Santa Claus that's going to come there with his mischievous elves uh, in one of the areas there. Uh, you can meet Princess Elena of Avalor. I, I don't know. Maybe she hasn't been at Disneyland yet, but apparently she's coming to Disneyland. Um, also, the Disney uh, Viva Navidad, which is... Uh, celebrating seasonal sights, sounds, and flavors with delightful Disney magic. I don't even know what that is, but it sounds cool. I mean, who wouldn't want to go to something called Viva Navidad? A small world holiday will be singing voices, uh, singing tidings of joy with a merry version of this classic attraction. So a Christmas overlay of the of the small world attraction. They believe in holiday magic fireworks. You'll be able to see the Christmas fantasy parade and the haunted mansion holiday. Um, they do overlays at the Haunted Mansion in Disneyland, and what I mean by that is they are able to kind of put, um, uh, like, basically, like, themes over it. Like, for Halloween, they'll do the Nightmare Before Christmas overlay. Um, at Space Mountain, they'll do, like, the, the Star Wars uh, Galaxy whatever over, over Space Mountain. They do that at Disneyland. They don't do it at Disney World. And the reason they don't do things like that is because Disneyland is more of a locals park is what they consider it. A lot of people there are locals, and so a lot of people go there and, you know, from the area... Disney World is a tourist park. Um, and the, the mentality basically is that you've got people coming from all over the world mostly to go to Disney World. People all over the world don't really go to a lot of Disneyland. They do, but it's not nearly as much as it is Disney World. Um, and the, the thinking is that, you know, people from Tokyo, family from Tokyo, this may be the only time they ever get to visit Disney World in their entire lives. And they want to make sure that everything is 
the way it's supposed to be. They want to make sure they get the full experience of the Haunted Mansion. They want to make sure they get the full experience of Space Mountain. Now, having said that, they did some things with Jungle Cruise a couple of years ago called the Jingle Cruise, and that actually doesn't happen this year. I don't think it's happening at Disneyland. It might be happening at Disney World. Um, so they have done some things like that, and so it kind of gives me hope that maybe they'll do something like a Haunted Mansion holiday or a, a Galactic Space Mountain or something. That would be really, really cool, but, uh, but so far in Disneyland, you can go visit the Haunted Mansion holiday as well. You can see the holiday holiday time at Disneyland tour, take the magic tour across Disneyland resort. And they'll kind of walk you through all the holiday stuff they're going to, going to do. And of course the Disneyland merchandise. Don't forget the merchandise. That's holidays at Disneyland resort, looking at Alani over in Hawaii. Um, basically it's all centered around food, Christmas holiday movies and food. You can have a Christmas day dinner right there. You can have a seaside Christmas feast at Ama Ama, uh, a festive Christmas buffet at Makahiki and uh, holiday festivities and activities are all going to be happening there as well. Mickey and mouse and his pals will be dressed in their holiday best to celebrate and take festive photos and say, Aloha, Kalikimaka, uh, holiday, holiday movies will be going on, um, every Thursday and Monday, Monday and Thursday in December, including Christmas day. They'll be showing the Santa Claus. I don't know if that's the only one they're showing, but I know they'll be showing the Santa Claus. So you'll have plenty of times, plenty of chances to see that. You'll be able to do Carol, be able to talk to and sing with carolers and stuff. They'll be on happening all through December. Jolly Saint Nick himself is going to drop by Auntie's Beach House for a visit with Kiki on uh, Christmas Eve morning. And the holiday cheer in the Maka'ala Lobby, uh, revel in the spirit of the season with complimentary hot cocoa and a festive assortment of holiday cookies. And if you think that I have uh, practiced those those words a couple of times to try to get them right, you might be right about that. Disney Cruise Line has something called the Very Merry Time Cruise. You can go and celebrate Christmas on the cruise line, the Western Caribbean and the Eastern Caribbean, um, and they'll basically make it fun for you. You can do the Deck the Deck Tropical Holiday Party, which has got a candy cane limbo, dancing, and games. Uh, that's Candy Cane Limbo. What more can you say about that? That's awesome. Every cruise will have a Mickey's tree lighting magic ceremony and a Santa Claus meet and greet. Of course, Disney character greetings will be all there dressed in their holiday best. There'll be some youth parties going on, story time with Mrs. Claus. You'll have themed activities and crafts for kids and a gingerbread house, which will be awesome. Made completely from edible ingredients, the ship's gingerbread house is a life-size treat that you can photograph, but you can't eat. Basically, it's a life-size gingerbread house. We'll talk more about that in a minute because that's also something at Disney World that I absolutely love. Um, and of course, holiday merchandise. Uh, holiday cheer at Castaway Key will be there as well. You can, the Castaway Key is Disney's private island. You go to, uh, Every cruise you go on, for the most part, most cruises, will stop at Disney's private island called Castaway Key. And they have a couple of beaches, a kid's beach and an adult's beach. And it's a lot of fun. While the private island will have a snow flurries, quote-unquote snow flurries, Christmas tree, Mr. and Mrs. Snowman will be there dressed in their island attire. Um, for what that's worth, you'll have a snowman walking around the beach, you know, uh, in summer. Uh, plus, the island's tram will be decorated to re resemble a reindeer. The tram basically runs you back and forth from the adult beach to the, to the kids' beach. And I, I'm going to have to find a picture of this now because I want to see that tram resembling a reindeer, complete with ant antlers and a tail. That's fantastic. And finally, Disney World. There's a lot going on at Disney World. So let's talk about Hollywood Studios first. The Sunset Seasons greetings. You can revel in seasonal shows and snows, quote-unquote snows, and stories by iconic Disney characters. They're in the flurry of fun at Disney's Hollywood Studios. They'll have all kinds of decorations and lights going on down Sunset Boulevard. Sunset Boulevard is the street that takes you over to the Hollywood Tower of Terror and down to the, uh, uh, down to the uh, Rock and Roller Coaster. And they're going to have the... The big tower there. They're going to have the Tower of Terror is all dressed. It's called the Toy t the Toy Tower. 
I forget the name of it. I don't have it in front of me, but we talked about it the last week or two weeks ago. You listen to the show, you know. So it's going to be there. And also at Hollywood Studios, they're bringing back Jingle Bell, Jingle Bam. Uh, and you can't just say Jingle Bell, Jingle Bam. It's Jingle Bell, Jingle Bam. And what that is is Prep and Landing, which is the from the ABC, ABC uh, holiday show. Prep and Landing, there are there to find Santa Claus. Santa Claus has gone missing. And so Prep and Landing are going to find him. And that's the show that you get to see uh, on the projection screen there in the courtyard. You get to see some other fun stuff as well. And um, so you'll have Disney character moments going on in that area there. Uh, Minnie, Mickey and Minnie will be reminiscing about a hometown Christmas. Uh, Toy Story characters will be out and about. The Swedish chef of the Muppets will be babbling on. Um, Olaf, and this is all part of the show... The Sunset Seasons Greeting Show. This is the show that we're talking about here. I kind of jumped on in here, but um, that's over the Sunset Seasons Greeting Show. And then, of course, Jingle Bell, Jingle Bam will be there as well. So that's going to be kind of fun. Um, you also get to have the uh, the Epcot um, the Epcot Candlelight Processional, which is really, really cool. We've talked about that before, where it's uh, basically celebrity, celebrity narrators will come out. And they will read the Christmas story straight from the Bible. They're going to have a choir behind them, and behind them will be, you know, cast members have to audition for this choir. So this is not just a run-of-the-mill, like a bunch of people up there singing. I mean, this is a big deal for cast members. Um, they bring some other people as well. The choir's back there, and celebrities like Kurt Russell and Neil Patrick Harris and Warwick Davis, um, you know, they all gonna, Shonda, uh, uh, Shonda Wilson from Grey's Anatomy, she'll be out there talking, uh, doing the Christmas story, which is really, really cool. If you want to go see the Candlelight Processional, make sure you get in line way ahead of time. And if not, you can always get what's called a Candlelight Processional dining package. One of the participating, participating restaurants there at, uh, at uh, Epcot, you pay a little bit extra. Of course you do. Pay a little extra, and you get basically a, a kind of a pass to get special seating at the Candlelight Processional. It's more expensive, but it's worth it. Just your time is worth it because those lines can get really long, especially when you got somebody like uh, Neil Patrick Harris who is beloved when it comes to the Candlelight Processional. So you want to get in line, especially for that. And, of course, every country in World Showcase is going to have their own little Christmas thing going on there. A lot of times the countries want to represent what holidays are in their country. So you can go to Germany and find out what holiday is like there. Go to China and you go to Japan and Norway and, and kind of get a sense of what the holiday celebration is like in those countries, which is really cool. It's something that I don't get to see very much. So that's really, really cool. And, of course, they'll have – at Epcot, they'll have lots of food and, of course – Holiday merchandise. Uh, Animal Kingdom, they'll just be doing some Christmas themings, Christmas things like that. There's nothing big that I can find at Animal Kingdom. Magic Kingdom, of course, will have the Magic Kingdom stuff going on. Um, a very Merry Christmas Party is kind of the big one. That's the one that everybody loves to go to. And it's parties happening all throughout the year, uh, all throughout the season anyway. And, uh, you know, you'll be able to, to visit Main Street and the snow and the characters or whatever. And it's an extra charge. And we'll talk, maybe we'll talk about a party coming up pretty soon. I'll kind of run you through what, what, what the party looks like. Um, of course, Magic Kingdom is decorated for, for Christmas. It's kind of more decorated than any other park. I say that, but Hollywood Studios actually is, uh, is pretty well decorated with uh, the the sunset seasons greetings and the jingle bell jingle bam, um, so that's kind of fun. Uh, also, the resorts really get the holiday treatment, especially some of the deluxe resorts. Grand Floridian is known for their gingerbread house, and it literally is a life size gingerbread house. They start building it early in November. And they put it together, and you really can eat the ingredients. They may be coated with something to kind of keep it together. So I don't know if I'd walk up and try to try to bite the house. But really, they're using pieces that you can eat. They're using actual real gingerbread pieces. And there are people inside of the house as as working. And basically, it becomes a, like a like a like a stand where they sell tea and they sell co cocoa and drinks and things like that. And but it is a it's a gingerbread house. 
it's beautiful and it's really really cool a lot of the resorts or all the resorts have christmas trees the deluxes especially they'll have these massive trees in their yard uh in their in their in their foyers in their lobby areas um animal kingdom lodge has a beautiful tree and it's they're all trees themed to that area so magic uh, animal kingdom is going to have like a like an african themed tree and uh, of course grand Floridian is going to have that plantation setting kind of tree you know and contemporary is going to have a different look to it it's 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 great it's really really cool um and I, I haven't confirmed that they're doing it this year. I would assume they would, but I don't know that for sure. I know over at Yacht Beach Club, they do a life-size chocolate carousel, a literal life-size chocolate carousel. Like, you actually could go sit on the horses, and if it ran, the thing you could ride it. They don't let you do that. They kind of have a fence around it, so you can't really, uh, you can't really jump on the chocolate horse. Um, you could, but you probably would get thrown out, so I wouldn't recommend that. But it's really, really cool. You walk in there, and you just kind of... Just smell it. Just smell the gingerbread and smell the chocolate and smell just how good it how good it looks, how cool it looks. Um, a lot of times, or a lot of times, a yacht club. I think when I went two years ago, they had the this massive holiday train set set up in the in the in the lobby where you could walk through and this train running through the mountains. There was a like Christmas decorations all over the train. It was I'm a I'm a I'm a fan of models like that, so I loved it. I just kind of stood there just like mesmerized with the train running back and forth. It was it was awesome. Now, what does the holidays look like in terms of crowds? That's a question I get a lot about. How busy is it during Christmas time? Um, and somebody actually asked me about Christmas, and I told them it's it really is the busiest time of the year and the most expensive time of the year. And their answer was, well, well, that surprises me because you know I thought Christmas people would be at home with their families, and I'm like, no, 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 people are with their families at Disney World. It's insane. Um, just real quick, I want to walk you through kind of what's called park closings and. What that means basically is they have Disney World has uh, park capacity level phases, and what they do is they close the park after a certain amount of time because when the crowds get too big, which is too heavy, it's fire code. It's, it's unsafe to have too many people in the parks. Now you may be wondering, well, how many people can fit in these parks? Disney does not. Disney does not does not release that information. That is not something they put out into the world. But there are some estimations as to what exactly what exactly uh, the parks can hold. Um, Hollywood Studios, for instance, holds around estimated 65,000 people. Now, I think that number is going to be lower because much of the park has been closed over the last two years. Um, Lights, Mojo's Action, that big theater in the corner has been closed, and some of the streets have been roofed off. So if I had to guess, I'm probably going to say 40, 50,000. That's a guess. Animal Kingdom, estimation around 55 or 60,000 uh, people. Um, now, it's, it's, a, it's a massive park, but... You know, a lot of this is area like the safari and stuff. That's not an area that people can just stand and go into. I mean, that's 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 a it's a, it's a ride area basically. So it's kind of open and uninhabited by people, other than people in the the vans rolling around there. So I'm hearing 60,000 people. Epcot is the is the largest park that people can be a part of. Um, anywhere from ninety to a hundred thousand people at capacity. Epcot doesn't get to capacity. If Epcot ever got to capacity, don't go to Epcot. It would be insane because you're talking about 100,000 people in, in one park. It's nuts. Um, imagine a football, a college football stadium full of people. Now, all of those people want to ride rides. What? <laughs> don't do that. Uh, Magic Kingdom is kind of the one in question, though. Um, looking at around probably seventy to 75,000 people. Again, they don't release this information. These are all estimates I'm finding online. Um, and talking to cast members and talking to people who probably know things more than I do, they kind of the estimation of around 75,000 people in Magic Kingdom. Now, that is capacity, okay? So they start closing Magic Kingdom about sixty to 65,000 people. They start kind of doing phases of closing. Now, phase one closure, and this is kind of cool because in the holiday season, if you go on Twitter, uh, if you follow some Disney accounts like Walt Disney World or W2W Today or Magic on a Dollar podcast or Magic on a Dollar, uh, Disney on a Dollar, um, you know, on Twitter, 
you'll 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 see some of these, you know, Magic Kingdom phase one closing, phase two closing, some of those, some of those keywords. What that means basically, phase one closure is guests who have one day tickets, single park tickets, or cast member tickets, people from actually cast members cannot get in the park. The only people who can get in the park are multi day tickets. So if you have, you know, if you're off site but you have a five day ticket, you can get in. If you're staying at a resort or you have an annual pass, um, if you're at, you know, Epcot, you want to go to the Magic Kingdom, they'll let you come in with the the park hopper. Um, And if you're coming in with Disney transportation, like if you get off the monorail, they're not going to tell you you can't go. And a dining reservation. If you have, you know, uh, I have a one day ticket, I'm hopping off the monorail, and uh, I just came from Epcot, and I have a dining reservation, you're good, you're gold. Basically, people who walk up and want to buy tickets, or they have just a one-day ticket, they can't get in. They're told they can't get in. Phase two closure. Guests allowed in the park includes those at a Disney Resort or annual passes, uh, those hopping from one park to another. So if you have a park hopper, those arriving with Disney transportation. That's it. Even if you have a multi-day ticket, if you're not, if you're off-site, you can't get in on a phase two closure. It's people who are on-site only. Phase three closure means the only people allowed in the park are people staying at a Disney Resort or holding annual passes, and those people who are coming off the monorails and have dining reservations. That's it. If you're in Epcot and you want to come over to Magic Kingdom, they may not let you in. I mean, if you're staying at Disney Resort, they will, but you know, just because you have a multi-day ticket, you're, you've been park hopping or whatever, they may not let you in. Phase 3 closure, it's a pretty big deal. Phase 4 closure, nobody gets in. That's it. They stand there. It's like a bouncer in a bar. He stands there with big with big arms folded, and he's like, nope, you can't come in because it's park code. The park's closed. Um, sorry, folks. Park closed. And so... Phase four closure has only happened one time in history, uh, in the history of Walt Disney World, and that was actually surprisingly not on Christmas. It was April seventh, two thousand nine. I did some research on this exactly why it was closed, and nobody really knows why because it reached capacity and they closed it. They closed like nobody could get in. I don't know how it works. I don't know if like every thirty minutes they assess and they they, they let some people in, or if they just say okay for the next four hours nobody gets in and then we'll open the gates again. Or if it's like, you know, Bubba at the bar going, you know, three people just walked out, three people go in. I I don't know how that works. But I do know that for a little while, on April 7th, 2009, nobody could go into the Magic Kingdom because there were approximately 75,000 people in the Magic Kingdom at that time. I live in a city near Birmingham, Alabama, which is considered like the sixth largest city in Alabama. Our city has about 65,000 people. So if everybody from my city, plus all of you guys, got together and went to Magic Kingdom, that's park closing. Um... What's funny about April 7th, 2009, really, Easter apparently was very close to that time. Spring break has just finished at that time. There were some crazy promotions going on that, that, that fall. I don't remember what, what they were, but a lot of things all just all came together, and that one particular day closed the capacity. It was insane. It was insane. Um, that normally it closes phase one, phase two is what you're going to hear mostly. Phase three had some. Um, I'm believing, you know, there was like, uh, I think sometime in 2009, the 29th and the 31st, uh, one day in spring break in 2010, Christmas Day in 2010, uh, Christmas Day in 2011 and 12. I mean, Christmas Day mostly, sometimes New Year's Eve for Magic Kingdom. You rarely, I don't think I've ever seen capacity in, in any of the other ones at Epcot. Um, well, I'll take that back. Uh, phase 2, Hollywood Studios, on December 29, 2009 and 2011. Animal Kingdom, 2009-2011. That was reached to Phase 2, but none of the others besides Magic Kingdom have ever reached a Phase 4 capacity. That's that's your DEF CON. That's your DEF CON 1. Park's closed. Uh, so don't go that day. Don't go. It's just insane. It's just too crazy. You don't want to do that. You don't want to, you don't want to be a part of that. It's nuts. Um, I have been two different Thanksgiving days at the Magic Kingdom. And at Disney World, and I'll be honest with you, it wasn't bad. It really wasn't bad. Of course, I had a plan uh, both times. Once I was a Disney travel planner, and one time I was not, but uh, both times I had a plan. And as long as you have a plan going into these things, you should be okay. But 
But I wouldn't just walk in on Christmas Day and going, hey, I'm going to ride a bunch of rides because no, no, you're not because it's just too busy. So there you go. There's your update for the holidays uh, for Disney World, Disneyland, Aulani in Hawaii, Disney Cruise Lines. Um, kind of some updates there for holidays and also some information about your park closings. And now you know, and as my good friend G.I. Joe would say, no one's half the battle. Go Joe. Uh, Magic on a Dollar Podcast. Hashtag ModPod. Sponsored by MyResumeLady.com. Uh, she's awesome. My friend Amy has been running this business for about nine years, a little over now, helping hundreds of people. She and her team helped hundreds of people with their uh, with their with their resumes, um, with their LinkedIn profiles, with their marketing uh, marketing aspects, trying to help them get better jobs, trying to help them further themselves in their career. She's amazing at what she does. I've said it before, and I'll say it again: that she has forgotten more about LinkedIn than most of us will ever know. She's that great. MyResumeLady.com is where you go to visit her and check her out. Check out that website and check out the services she can do for you. Got some great prices and great stuff in what she does. I love Amy, and she will definitely take care of you. I promise you she will take care of you. This episode also produced by my good friend Clay Shaver, host of the Remodeling Clay podcast. He's the guy who basically does the Remodeling Clay podcast every Thursday morning, giving you the best version of you, helping you be the best version of you. And he has now done that this coming Thursday for Thanksgiving 200 episodes, 200 episodes this guy has done his podcast every week, which has been really, really cool. So don't forget to check out the Remodeling Clay podcast on iTunes, Google Play, and Stitcher every Thursday, um, wherever finer podcasts are sold, as he likes to say. And of course, I am David Dollar, once again, with a magic on a dollar podcast, hashtag ModPod. And I am thankful so much that you guys have downloaded and are listening to me drone on this far, <clears throat> this long. Excuse me while I clear my throat. And so, um, no, you can find me online on Twitter uh, at Disney on a Dollar and on Instagram at Magic on a Dollar. And find me on Facebook, Disney on a Dollar and Magic on a Dollar. I'm both of those places. I've, I've grabbed both of those. Email me. If you need some travel planning help, I would love to help you plan your trip. We talked about the Maritime Cruises. Now, if you want to go this year for these cruises... It's going to cost you a little bit because the cruises are mostly full, and so there's not a whole lot of rooms left. Because whereas you can book a trip or I can give you a quote for a park stay, and you can come back two weeks later, and that same room will be the same price, Disney Cruises doesn't work like that. The more the boat fills up, the higher the prices go until right before the cruises, and then you can get some pretty good deals. But, I mean, you've got to be ready to leave like tomorrow on a cruise. Um, and when you're old and retired, you can do that. Me, not so much. And so, but if you're looking for next December, maybe next November for a maritime cruise, I would love to help you without help you out with that. And even 2019 cruises have already been released for the springtime. I'd love to talk to you about those cruises as well, or put you at the Disney World Park, or put you in Disneyland. I'd love to help you all I can. And Alani and Adventures by Disney, travel the world with Adventures by Disney. I'd love to help you out, uh, help you out with that too. Um, stay on property. And I am free. My services are free to you, which is awesome. Find me at magiconadollar at gmail.com for all of your travel questions. I would love to help you out there. And also, if you have the things about travel, you're like, you know, I don't want to do Disney World. I want to do Jamaica. I want to do Punta Cana. I want to do the Mediterranean. Paradise Falls Travel Company, that is my, that's my agency. That's the agency I work under. And uh, they would love to help you as well. So find me, magicandadollar at gmail.com, and I will send you that way, and it will be awesome. So there you go, folks. That is this episode of the Magic and a Dollar podcast. Please share the show. Subscribe to the show. Tell other people about the show. Hopefully you enjoyed the show. I would love to know that you did. Email me at, like I said, magicandadollarpodcast at gmail.com. I'd love to hear from you. Share this. Tell your friends. Tell your neighbors. Tell everybody you can to say, hey, guess what? My friend David Dollar has a podcast, and you should listen to it. And don't forget to thank a Phoenician.